welcome to the Learn Perform Mixtape. I'm your host for this podcast, Laura Pasquini. I created this podcast to prepare me and maybe you for the Certified Professional Learning and Performance Exam, the CPLP. These series of podcasts will be my open study notes. Welcome to the learning. In this episode, we're going to talk about 7.2, Workforce Planning and Talent Acquisition Approaches. So how do you plan for talent acquisition in your industry? What approaches and strategies help you organize talent recruitment plans? And how do you get the people with the right skills and knowledge and the right jobs at the right time to meet your organization's strategic goals. In area of expertise seven, integrated talent management, this subsection is really going to look at the planning of the workforce and how you acquire talent. Learning objectives include identify ways to assess current talent capabilities, outline a means to estimate future demand, examine factors relevant to hiring internally versus externally, summarize the relationships between the workforce plan and the strategic planning, list five analysis methods, and three competency model elements, defining the role of HR and workforce planning, and describing the role of TD professionals workforce planning. So this section is really about that future forecast. And in that, you want to understand the current capabilities. So you're going to start with a basic assessment. That's where talent professionals match current skills to the organization's needs now and for the future. Capability assessment helps organizations and HR establish a baseline of understanding for comparing against future personnel requirements. By looking at your performance from these three perspectives, you want to ask, what basic skills are needed to maintain the status quo and keep the organization running and functioning you want the way you want it to? What skills are needed to improve the organization? And third question is, what are the new business drivers on the horizon and what skills are needed to meet those future needs? So thinking about estimating future demand, the question for talent development professionals is really, how do you do this? And to determine the potential gaps and be cognizant of workforce supply demand projections, it can be very complicated, but this can often be done by doing an environmental scan. Conducting this is where you look at workforce projections for the business, whether it's the products, services, or what other outputs come from the organization. And Talent development professionals should be creative in how this workforce plan is developed. So will it be hiring temporary or part-time appointments during a higher business cycle? So we see that over the holiday season where a number of um, different shops, organizations, like everything from mail, FedEx, UPS, to stores that really increase their part-time help because it's just the peak part of the industry when people are shopping between October through December. Then you also think about targeted appointments or recruitment planning. So do you need a certain talent that needs to come in to change something or create a new unit? And you also think about ways in this sort of planning is how to reduce a surplus of talent or if you have a lot of talent that you need to relocate, um, what will that look like? There was an interesting read I found from the National Institute of Health, the Office of Their Human Resources, just thinks about workforce planning into the phases of the workforce. So they want to look at the strategic direction. They talked about monitoring progress, solution implementation, gap analysis, demand analysis, and supply analysis. So I put a link to this model into the episode notes if you're interested in learning more. I just thought it was an interesting point of view shared by NIH. So the internal versus external acquisition is often a question. So talent development professionals really want to understand uh, if the organization is going to determine choices, decisions due to their current employees. Are they going to develop them, train them, um, give them the skills and things they need? Or are they going to look outside for someone else who has this expertise, skills, knowledge already? So factors to consider when you're choosing to develop your talent internally is Will the position be difficult to fill? Is there someone already in your organization that can do it? Is there an internal selection 
process, like strategic planning of how you go about this? Are there ways that you can identify potential internal candidates already? So do you already tap people to champion, to develop and move up into the organization or into different roles? And does this position have a steep learning curve? So something that maybe you already don't have capacity for in your company. Will a position require continually uh, updating and looking at institutional knowledge? And do internal learning opportunities exist to support this kind of internal promotion? So often internal promotions are great because it gives a great boost for employee morale and people see some incentives of what they can work towards. On the other hand, if you just can't find the right personnel in your company, you might want to consider outside talent options. So this might occur if a change is desirable, the open position signals a new direction for the organization. So there's a new way you want to go, a fresh start, new perspective. Often bringing in a new face or person will lead that charge is really helpful. Maybe there's a limited internal capacity. So maybe you don't have the skills you need or you're transitioning to a new direction. Organizations experiencing high growth often are looking for external talent because they need to just build that workforce. And external hires could bring key relationships and intellectual cap capital to your organization that you don't already have. A key thing with outside hires, it's, it can be motivating and inspiring from new energy or new ideas, thoughts, innovations that come from the new perspectives for the people that you hire. So that can really boost your overall um, capacity in what your organization does. So there's a balance between the two, deciding to choose the internal or the external hiring path. There's no right or wrong, but you have to figure out what works for your company. Relationship between workforce planning and strategic planning is really critical because you want to think of your strategy in the organization as that overall process, that systematic planning for the future. And so in the past, uh, we've looked at human resources or HR to rely on looking at past experiences to inform talent hires ahead. That's fine, but it's not just an HR function. Really, all employees, we need to be looking at focusing their attention on desired outcomes in the following ways. So thinking about these steps for strategic plan will help you. First, formulation. So you want to identify the organization's values, their mission, their vision, and those value statements. The second is development. Are you analyzing the strengths, weaknesses, and opportunities and threats? You know, that SWOT analysis and establishing strategic goals and strategies to move the organization that way. And how does that relate to the talent you potentially want to have? Implementation of this would be establishing short-term objectives. So you create an action plan, you allocate resources you need, whether it's people, items, finances, tech, and you motivate employees to reach these objectives. So this is something you can measure in the short term, and you've got a set deadline to reach these goals. And finally, you want to evaluate. So reviewing strategies, measuring performance, and taking corrective action. This is very common. You've heard this in the ADI model in structural design in part two of the areas of expertise. And you've also heard this throughout the performance management section, area of expertise one. There's something to note and something critical that I found on a really helpful uh, video provided by the Association for Talent Development. It was the Trends in Workforce Planning um, video by Aubrey Waite in it. She identified three things that are really critical for organizations that need to jump on how you plan for your workforce now. First, there's an urgent need. So when you have a decent economy, well, we, uh, we're an okay economy now, you have increased employment demand. So you have more people that you have the choice to hire. And you really have to understand how will you go about identifying that talent? That means sifting through numbers and hundreds of applications, right? So are you going to require certain projects? Are you going to give them assignments? Are you going to assess their um, past experiences? And how will you specifically go ahead identifying who's the correct talent and the right fit? 
The second is the advent of data and technology, not new to any organization or company, but merging of both data with technology systems really informs talent decisions. And these integrated approaches and marrying the two really give the organizations, not only from the recruitment, hiring, HR standpoint, but the overall, how are things doing and where do they fit into their performance and learning as well? It puts them into a more systematic approach for assessing the workforce you actually already have. And third, it's bigger than HR. So it's not just a recruitment or an HR thing. Human resources does spend a lot of time in onboarding and bringing folks in, but it's more than just that. So we see um, talent development and learning development and learning performance situated in many other units besides HR, which is great because really you should be gathering data across the talent lifecycle. It could be informed by other places. So whether it's your finance, marketing, or another department, they'll let you know what's going on within. And you want to be evaluating that data outside the external trends and what's happening in overall occupation, industry, and field in this specific area. A workforce plan is designed to identify skills and knowledge gaps between today's talent and the needs for the future. So to meet those needs, it's really important that the organization's strategic plan offers managers a framework for making staffing decisions based on the organization's mission, the plan and goals of that strategy, the budget, and the desired competencies that you're looking for. I put a link to a resource from ATD, which is called the Workforce Planning Job Aid. It's a download, and it's looking at the areas of expertise that are found in the competency model and identifying if this trend is happening in your org and where that might be going through. So for each area of impact, to give an example of. So if a culture of connectivity is there, maybe for the example in structural design is thinking about a socially learning platform or mobile device where people could message each other, contact one another, and also go and drop into a just a networked community somewhere so they can make connections and learn. For job analysis and competency modeling, there's a couple things we need to look at. A job analysis can be completed a few different ways. So depending on the time available, access to the subject matter experts, and the level of detail needed, you might want to consider the following things when you're going to do a job analysis. So first, you could do interviews. So those would be asking questions to uncover the functions of each employee. Typically, it's one-to-one with high performers and supervisors, and it offers more of a high-level view of a role, a job, or a portfolio that someone has within your organization. But it may not give you specifics of the position or task details. So that's one down of this approach. Also, it's timely and it does take some effort and lots of time. Surveying or questionnaires are a way to ask open-ended and closed questions to gather a whole bunch of data from employees, supervisors, and to learn more about their occupational roles in the company. This is sometimes cumbersome to fill out because there's lots of questions or they're asked to provide a lot of detail, but it is helpful to analyze when you're looking at a large number of jobs or a bigger snapshot of what's going on in your workforce now. There also might be highly structured surveys that are already created off the shelf or online. So those are a couple of the approaches you can look at. Observation. So you could watch people on the job. They've done this through job shadowing or job just checking off tasks that they've done. So understanding the workflow of their day-to-day process, procedures, and practice. That also takes time and energy for both human time, resources, and more. Um, the other one is focus groups. So focus groups brings together a small group of people. You ask them different questions. It's great because sometimes people within the group that you're asking questions build off each other, but it also it might actually lend to some of that group think issue that we talked about earlier in the performance area of expertise is they're giving you all the same. 
Finally, another way to capture data might be asking employees to do a work diary or log. So they log the different tasks and things they do. Maybe they talk about the different cycles and approaches. So there's different ways that you can collect and get some ideas of how much information is there, but you're going to get a lot of data from much of these things, like the focus groups, the work diaries, and the observations. So you have to decide what's your goal is to learn more about the tasks and analysis. So looking at an observation, or do you want to get a high level idea through open-ended surveys, questionnaires, interviews, and diaries or logs? So thinking about that, there are more instruments that can be found. And if you look at area of expertise two, instructional design 2.52, the types of data collection methods, they give you some examples. So an episode of that should be coming out shortly. If you've not already heard it, um, you should go back to that and take a listen. From a job analysis, you really want to identify the requirements of work and create a thorough and complete job description. Competencies will focus more on skills, knowledge, and attitude. So the KSAs, they're called, of the employees who are performing on the job. And you're looking at high-level proficiency. So special, especially applies to um, any sort of unique characteristics of successful employees that are typically mapped to a competency model. So the competency model I'm studying for the CPLP is kind of varied and has uh, 10 to 11 different sections now. But for talent development professionals who want to develop training that target specific competencies, it really helps to organize and create a sustainable workforce and map the training and learning to this model itself. So competency models could be developed in three different areas. So if you think about um, executive, so these might be the skills, knowledge, behaviors, and attitudes required to create a vision, lead, strategize, influence, plan, negotiate, and recognize talent. So we see that as the top level organization, um, the heads of the company, the C-suite, and they want to see the bigger vision. We have the second area, which might be managerial or supervisory. So skills, knowledge, behaviors, and attitudes are required to supervise, direct, counsel, coach, discipline, organize, and develop the people. These are your every day-to-day frontline managers, and they're going to be directing those units, teams, and looking at the output of whatever they're doing, services, products, um, deliverables, things like that. And the third one is function. So the skills, knowledge, and behaviors and attitudes required to perform specific tasks. So this is uh, frontline workers. You're operating a computer. Maybe you're recording a seminar. You're writing technical training manuals. You want to know that those skills are being met and they're at a probably more of a task level. Um, and some other areas are looking at specific work projects, specific work needs and requirements. So the role in talent development and the workforce planning is really from education, training, employee management, executive leadership programs, organizational learning development, and human performance technology. It really encompasses the goals to improve performance by developing the human expertise. So this could be part of the succession planning process. It's to identify and develop internal employees who will move up and fill key business leadership positions in the org. And it practically plans for personnel needs, demands, shifts. So there's things that might change based on where you're going and what direction the company is taking. This might include employability of current talent, so preparing professionals for the future within your org, or even preparing that they might move on. And that's something to think about as well in this kind of workforce planning. So other roles in workforce planning, so we've seen them, uh, we often partner as talent development professionals with HR, but things that you might see also are analysts, so people assessing current realities, investigating future needs, and maybe identifying those skill gaps to cover. Maybe someone who's implementing or implementor, they design learning strategies, apply these evidence-based practices, and focus on continual improvement. 
or there's an evaluator. So measuring training impact, the transfer of learning, and evaluating what's going on on the job. And then business partner. This individual role might be looking at improving morale, skills, knowledge in the organization, and reducing turnover. So if you want to retain more of your staff, you want to promote different things, whether it's creativity, problem solving, helping with knowledge transfer, and succession planning. Those are just a few things to consider when you're looking at workforce planning. What strategies and approaches are you taking? And what else have you learned as if you're studying for the CPLP in this area? I think it's an interesting aspect of training and development. It's one of my favorites because it's really looking at the broader landscape of work, uh, work life cycles within organizations, and what's the impact that's going on in the industry or the field related to some of these environmental changes and shifts. Thanks for listening to the Learn Perform Mixtape. If you're liking this podcast, subscribe, tell a friend, give me a like, and give me a review. If you're studying for the CPLP or you have already, let me know. I'd love to chat and I'd love to get your advice. Comments, questions, thoughts, and love are always welcome. And I have my details in every episode notes. So please reach out. Let's connect.